Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. This episode of the Steadfast and Law podcast is brought to you by our good friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. Click Learn More below right now to activate your United States Concealed Carry Association membership. The United States Concealed Carry Association helps responsibly armed Americans like you prepare for the before, during, and after of a self-defense incident. USCCA members get life-saving education, expert training, plus self-defense liability insurance. Plus, it's risk-free with their money-back bulletproof guarantee. Click Learn More right now to explore membership. Don't wait until it's too late. Click Learn More now. And as always, the United States Concealed Care Association is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusions. Welcome back to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You know, in my 22 years of service in the United States military, I had three years where I was selected to go for an exchange assignment to the United States Marine Corps down at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And I remember when I got that assignment, I was like, what did I do wrong that you're sending me away to the Marines? But it ended up being one of the best assignments I could have. To be able to be on a Marine Corps installation, first and foremost, you got to check your ego and all that type of stuff because Marines, they're going to pick at you all day uh, being an Army doggy, as they used to say. As a matter of fact, I came to find out that the word Army stands for ain't ready to be a Marine yet. But then, of course, I told them that Marines stood for muscles are required, intelligence not essential. And that really endeared me to them because Not only could I take it, I could dish it back to them a little bit. But what an incredible assignment coming from Fort Bragg, being with the paratroopers there to go down to Camp Lejeune in North Carolina. And my wife loved it. I remember the first time we went to a Marine Corps birthday ball, and she was just absolutely blown away and impressed with the incredible tradition of being a United States Marine and remembering that day, 10 November 1775, when probably the most vicious, effective fighting force that the world has ever known, the United States Marine Corps, was established. But I got to meet so many great men down there, and and women Marines as well. But there was one Marine First Sergeant that shared with me something so simple, so profound, 
that it has stuck with me all of these years later. Because I finished my assignment with the 2nd Marine Expeditionary Force back in 2002. And that's now retired Marine Corps 1st Sergeant Jim Reifinger. His call sign was Finger. He is a legend in the scout, sniper, marksmanship era, aura of the United States Marine Corps. But 1st Sergeant Reifinger had this quote, and, and I want to share it with you. He says, if you ever find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. Now, I got to tell you something. That's why people love the Marines, because that's just so simple. On the battlefield, you don't want to have a fair fight against your opposition, against your enemy, against your adversary. You want to overwhelm them. You want to defeat them. And necessary, you want to destroy them. But when I think about this quote, if you ever find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck, that also applies to where we are today in the United States of America. That also applies with the fact that we're dealing with a very well-entrenched, a very resolute, a very determined adversary, and that's progressive socialism, leftism, Marxism, communism, statism, whatever you want to call it, but the philosophy of governance that, as Sir Winston Churchill said, is a philosophy of failure. It is a creed of ignorance. It is not successful anywhere. As a matter of fact, it's cancerous. But for some odd reason, we don't want to find the gaps by which we can exploit and defeat. We want to try to have this nice Marquis de Cuisenberry type of engagement. We want to talk about rules. Well, until you read the left's playbook, Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals, you got to understand something. For them, there are no rules. Now, I'm not saying that you get out there and you fight without morals in a corrupt manner. But you have to be able to find the means by which you can exploit the gaps. You have to understand their tactics, their techniques, their procedures, their objectives, their vision, their goals. And you have to admit it. Case in point, I mean, all of a sudden now, here I am, a, a person with a near-perfect credit score. I've been in homes that I've owned since I came back from Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm. And now I'm being told that I have to subsidize people that have bad credit. My mortgage fees should go up so that they can be put into homes that they really don't deserve to be in. But that's all a part of the wealth redistribution scheme of the progressive socialist left. That's a philosophy of failure. But as a creed of ignorance, it sounds very good that we're going to give something to some people that don't have to earn it but we're going to take it from one group. And for whatever reason, we can't seem to want to articulate that. I remember when Mitt Romney was doing an interview with Bill O'Reilly, and this was back during the 2012 presidential election cycle, and Bill O'Reilly flat out asked him about Barack Obama being a socialist, and Mitt Romney just kind of poo-pooed it away. Didn't want to get into name-calling, labels, all that type of stuff. If you believe in wealth redistribution, you're a socialist. If you believe in nationalizing economic production under the government, and that's really what they tried to do with one-sixth of the economy, the healthcare industry, 
You're a socialist. If you believe in creating and expanding a welfare nanny state, a dependency society, you're a socialist. If you believe in social egalitarianism, that you're going to try to make everybody equal, equity, you're a socialist. If you embrace secular humanism, you're a socialist. That's it. That's textbook definition. And all of the things, those five factors that I just listed, are part of an the socialist economic model. Now understand, socialism is an economic model, but as Vladimir Lenin said, the goal of socialism is communism, a societal model. So why is it that we find it so difficult on our side to be able to confront the other side and say exactly who they are to the point where now they're telling us and admitting who they are and what they want to do, so why run away from it? See, I wish that the Republican Party could take some time and understand military tactics and strategy, especially tactics. See, the military will teach you that there are five forms of maneuver against your opponent, your opposition, your enemy, your adversary on the battlefield. And those five forms of maneuver are the penetration, the infiltration, a turning movement, an envelopment, or a frontal attack. Now, why did I say the frontal attack lasts? Because it's the least preferred. But that's what Republicans seem to do all the time. We used to call it in the, in the Army, high diddle diddle straight up the middle. Two up, one back. Enemy sees you coming, they know exactly what they're going to do. They're going to stalemate you, defeat your, your initial attack. They're going to see where you're going to try to bring in your reserve force and defeat them. Bam. Battle's over. I saw it so many times at the National Training Center or the Joint Readiness Training Center. But the person that wins on the battlefield is the one that can be adaptive. Remember what you used to hear, improvise, adapt, and overcome? I mean, when we go into a battle, it is not about trying to have the 100% perfect plan. Because when you try to have the 100% perfect plan, you're wedded to that plan, and guess what? The enemy always has a vote. We used to say that no plan survives first contact, but the person that can improvise, adapt, and overcome on the battlefield is the one that wins. It's about flexibility. It's about being able to come up with that 70, maybe 75% plan, strategy, but you can execute it to 100% perfection because you've got to understand if you ever find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. And you've got to be prepared for the most dangerous not most likely, most dangerous course of action that your adversary opponent can bring. And I don't think that we think about that on the Republican Party side. I don't think that we have that, and understand how I'm about to say this, because I'm sure the left will say, you know, Wash is talking about violence, but we don't have the same killer instinct that they have. I mean, it was Barack Obama who once said, don't bring a knife to a gunfight. That's their mentality. See, the progressive socialist left, when the Democrats are in charge, when they're in the majority, they're tyrannical. But even when they're in the minority, they're tenacious. And even here in the state of Texas, it blows my mind that we have the majority in the Texas State House, but yet we are giving chairmanship positions of committees to Democrats, to the same people that call us names, same people that, you know, left and flew away two years ago to stall election integrity reform here in the state of Texas. But yet, we want to power share with them. 
if you ever find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. That tactic sucks. But you can talk to the Speaker of the House here in Texas, Dave Phelan, and he'll say, well, that's just, we're trying to get along. We're try you know, that's always been our tradition. The heck with tradition. You can't win that way. If you're allowing your political opponent to have jurisdiction over committees that affect your legislative priorities and, 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 and pursuits, can't win that way. But that's what Republicans do. And so you think about how we have hearings all the time as Republicans. What's the result? I mean, Democrats will send you to jail. <laughs> Ask Roger Stone. Ask Paul Manafort. Ask General Michael Flynn. They show up with overwhelming force for a 70-some-odd-year-old man and cart you off to jail. They, or they'll put you in the D.C. gulag. But yet we can't find a single Antifa leader or member. We can't find a single person from Jane's Revenge. If you find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. So we're holding hearings and all this type of stuff. When they're in charge, House and Senate, President Trump is sitting over there in the White House. They were impeaching him left and right. Impeaching him over some made-up mess that they came up with from the Hillary Clinton campaign. Russia, Russia, Russia. Impeaching him over a phone call. But yet now we have in the House of Representatives, Republicans in charge, they can't impeach anybody. Why? Are they afraid? You've got a president that is violating the Constitution with what's going on on the border. You've got a Homeland Security uh, Secretary, Alex, Alejandro Mayorkas, violating the Constitution, lying under oath before Congress. And we can't do anything about it? Why? We, we, we're afraid of what the media will say? That's what I mean by these Marquis de Cuisenberry rules that we impose upon ourselves and we can't do anything. Uh, hearings are fine, but we don't need hearings. We know what they're they have done. We know they're guilty. I mean, I think about this recent settlement that Fox News has done with Dominion voting systems. Well, who was going to bring a lawsuit against all of those left-wing media outlets that told us about Russia, Russia, Russia? We can go back and look at all the clips. The president, President Trump, is a Russia agent. I mean, they tell lies back and forth. Hunter Biden's story. Ah, it's Russian misinformation. Now we're finding out that Blinken... Tony Blinken got with Joe Biden, and they got these people, these 51 intelligence service leaders, community leaders, to come up with this piece of paper. What happens to these people? Now, I know you're saying that, well, you know, you can have an impeachment, but it's not going to go anywhere. So what? The House of Representatives serves like a grand jury. So why can't we have the impeachment of these government officials that are violating the Constitution? They're violating their oath of office. If it goes over to the Senate and the Senate does not want to conduct the actual impeachment trial, that's on the Senate. But guess what? You hold that up to say, here is the level of corruption that we're dealing with. Here's the level of hypocrisy. Here's the level of double standards that we're dealing with. But if you find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. I put out a little post about two or three weeks ago 
when Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, came out with his indictment of President Trump, I said, why don't we have local DAs, especially county attorneys and local DAs in these counties along the 1,250-mile border in Texas that we share with Mexico, why don't they bring an indictment against Joe Biden? I mean, the fentanyl issue, the human and sex trafficking issue. I mean, the, the ranchers that are you know losing their, their ranch land and territory, their livestock. I mean, I can come up with so many different things because he is violating the rule of law. So why is it that we're sitting around, oh, this is what someone told me. We're bringing lawsuits against the Biden administration. Do you really care? Do you really think they care about lawsuits? No. See, they have a killer instinct. They're not looking for a fair fight. They're looking to crush any political opposition that they have. That's why you got people sitting up in the D.C. gulag, having their constitutional rights violated. But yet you can go out there and dress up in black, have a mask on your face, and take pop shots at police officers. Or you can go out and firebomb a pro-life advocacy center. Nothing happens to you. But be a pro-life advocate or be the Catholic Church and the FBI is going to come in and try to infiltrate, remember, one of those forms of maneuver, try to infiltrate the Catholic Church to spy on them. See, that's what we're up against. So why aren't we having local DAs that go on offense? I mean, George Soros, I've been doing some research about George Soros. George Soros tried to destroy the currency of two different countries, United Kingdom, Britain, and also Malaysia. I I'd, would have called him up and said, would you like this guy? Because I'm ready to sign the, the, the extradition papers and send them to you. See, that's how you send the message. Remember that little scene from the movie Untouchables when Kevin Costner, who was, you know, really the, the nice guy, is sitting down with Sean Connery's character, the Chicago beat cop. And he looked at him and he said, Elliot Ness, what are you willing to do? If they send one of yours to the hospital, you send two of theirs to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. Where do you think Saul Alinsky was from? Chicago. You look at all of these progressive socialist leftist leaders and these knuckleheads, many of them are kind of Chicago. Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama. I can go on ad nauseum, ad infinitum. See, there's only one thing that an opposition understands. If you're willing to meet them on the battlefield and crush them. Because that's what they're going to do to us. Because if you find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. You've done that to yourself. You know, back in April of 2020, Eric Holder had an article, an op-ed piece in Time magazine, how coronavirus should change elections in the United States permanently. They told us what they were going to do in the 2020 election cycle. They told us about mail-in ballots, unsolicited mail-in ballots. They told us about the ballot harvesting, all of these things. And what did we sit back and do? Nothing. President Trump, you should have called in um, done a conference call, Zoom call, whatever, with all the Republican governors out there and said, this is how we're going to block this mess. They just told us exactly what we're going to do. We're not going to allow down to the red county level. Look at the last 
the 2020 presidential election map broken down by county. There was red all over the place. Why don't we start talking to our red counties to block these unsolicited mail-in ballots, to block ballot harvesting? Maybe there are some red counties where we can just go to paper ballots. Because if you find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. Especially when you have an opponent, an adversary, a political opposition that tells you exactly what they're going to do. But yet we didn't do anything. And then we sit back and we complain about what happened. And it happened in a lot of red states. There were unconstitutional actions that occurred in red states like Georgia. Even Pennsylvania, where you had a Republican legislature. In Michigan, Wisconsin, and Arizona. Even here in Texas, where we had a governor that changed election law. He extended early voting from two weeks to three weeks without the Texas legislature being involved. That's unconstitutional. So we're doing it to ourselves. So when are we going to correct it? I know a lot of you people out there saying, you know, Donald Trump was, was fighting hard and everything, but you got to fight smart. President Trump, I know you're going to try to correct that if you get back into the White House, but... The deep state is a real thing. The bureaucratic administrative state is a real thing. And I'm not talking about the top two levels in the cabinet. I'm talking about five, six, maybe seven levels down. I'm talking about just simple staffers. See, when Democrats come in with a new administration, they clean house. We come in and we just believe that, uh, you know, everybody's going to be on board. They'll do the right thing. No, they don't. And that's why you get leaks, undermining, and all of these type of things. So going forward, I want Republicans and us as constitutional conservatives to stop trying to have a fair fight because that's not what the left wants. The left wants to overwhelm you. The left wants to penetrate you, infiltrate you, put you into a turning movement, envelop you, and defeat you and destroy you. Go back and read about the Battle of Cannae, C-A-N-N-A-E. Hannibal against the Roman legions, the greatest defeat of the Roman legions. Why? Because Hannibal pulled a double envelopment on them. And you know what happened in Operation Desert Shield, Desert Storm? 96 hours. I was there, 1991. We took that same form of maneuver, the envelopment, and that's what we did against Saddam Hussein. Tactics, techniques, and procedures are so important. But the, under, the underlying thing that you have to do is you have to study and understand your opposition, find the gaps by which you can exploit them. They don't want anything to be fair. They want dominion. They want power. They want control. That's what totalitarians do. And in this time that we have before the 2024 election, Republicans, GOP, Grand Ole Party, the party of the elephant, it's time for us to be a thundering herd and squash the opposition because that's what they want to do to us. This is a pivotal election cycle for America. And also it starts right now with these local level elections because we got to get control of our school boards and city councils and county commissions.
And we got to be engaged 24-7, 365. You can't ramp up for an election cycle and then ramp back down. You got to have a steady state of operations. That's what we need. Steady state of engagement. There is no issue out there that is working well for the progressive socialist left. But what they are relying on is our benevolence, our niceness, that we don't want to roll up our sleeves and get dirty with them and fight them vehemently on this ideological battlefield. That's what has to happen. If you ever find yourself in a fair fight, it's all because your tactics suck. Steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down